0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website gracelife.com.au. Well, if you are unfamiliar about our church, I just want to talk about two things that we pretty much talk about every year, and from time to time you'll see a slide up that says this What is the vision of our church? What is it that we see? What are we about? Very simple. Reaching, raising, and releasing. We are here to reach out, to raise up, and release into. We believe in a church that witnesses, that disciples, and that provides apostolic function as well to the greater community in this city and even beyond. That's what we see. We see a committed group of people that love Jesus and know Him and want to make Him known. That's what we see. And we are growing into that more and more every single day. Well, how do we do that? What's our core mission? Our mission is this. What are we doing? What is that core endeavor? Well, we are here to be and make disciples of Jesus in authentic community. We are not here to make disciples of Josh or Scott. We're not here to make disciples of one another. We're here to make disciples of Jesus. Jesus Christ in authentic community. I mentioned courses before. I mentioned life groups. So very important to help facilitate discipleship. What is discipleship about? Discipleship is about the facilitation of Christ's likeness in community. We believe that God does discipleship through community. I can't grow fully as a disciple without you. I can't be a lone maverick and fully be who God has called me to be as a disciple without other people around about me. I like to think sometimes that I don't need people because I find people very challenging sometimes. No one in this room, of course. Insert laugh at the back there, very good. But, it's through those challenges that God brings stuff up. And when the challenges arise, opportunity for the Spirit to form Christ within us. And for God to move us from glory to glory to glory, we've got to continually yield to what the Spirit is doing in us and through us with each other. This is discipleship. So in our church community, you will often hear people talk about, come out and connect. Come out and grow. Come to a life group. Come to a course. It's not just so that you can grow. It's for what you can bring to someone else. Oh, I don't like life groups. I can do it all online. You can't. You can get word online. There's great word online. But when we get together, something happens as a community. We are created from a community of persons for a community of persons for discipleship to fully develop. So get into a life group. Get into a course. And throw yourself into whatever realm you can to grow into maturity. It's gone quiet all of a sudden. Are you still with me? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? What's Pastor doing? He's challenging the family to do whatever we can to grow, keep growing and get together with one another. Now, um, in 2019, it was a phenomenal year. And I don't want to talk about 2020 before we talk about 2019. Some things that were um, initiated last year that we felt God really birthed Was uh, I'll tell you what, I actually looked at my notes from last year. And one of the things that um, I remember speaking out and declaring, uh, we sensed that the church is being called to encounter him in a deeper way. The second thing was, we sensed that there would be a surging in the spirit, like a power surge. And the third thing connected to that was a calling out of the watchman, particularly in the realm of intercession. Have we seen God do that in 2019? You know, when we had uh, Pastor uh, Andy Williams last Sunday, during worship, worship, he leant over and he says, the intercessors are doing a great job in this church. He picked it up in the spirit, right? That is a fruit of what God had spoken to us about a year ago and through us responding. God is birthing something continually in the spirit. So we thank God for things like our encounter nights. How many people appreciated those encounter nights? I love coming our fortnightly encounter nights. For me, it's one of the most refreshing times and opportunities for me to just unplug and just spend time with God in worship and in prayer. I love what God has done with our ministry school, with Pastor Alex and the team. Could we put our hands together for uh, Alex? You've done a phenomenal job, our, our ministry school. And I already hear there's a great intake already for this year. I had uh, one of the, your students come to me and say, hi, oh, we're going to be catching up again this year. Um, I'm re-signing up for 2020. I said, fantastic, looking forward to catching up with you again, Pete Wiggins. It's going to be fun. One of the things that God really challenged us on in 2019 was our financial stewardship. How many people were around about, you know, seven, eight months ago and we, said, and we were honest with the church and we said, hey, guys, we're doing it tight at the moment. But we need God to continue to grow us and move through us. Remember that conversation? Do you know what? That was one of the greatest blessings I've seen as a minister in me and in our leadership. It was quite challenging. But God is in the challenge. As a result of that, what God showed us is ways that we can do things better. Who's up for that? It caused us to be able to become better stewards and move in the realm of faith and gratitude with our finances. And I really want to say thank you, church, for responding to what God was saying in regards to trusting Him and thanking Him with finances. Because now we're seeing continual outbreak. And we're going to see from from Pastor Alex in a second about what God is doing over in Livingston now as a result of generosity, uh, particularly in finances. But thank you for all of that. Um, We've seen doors open in our local communities, in Ellenbrook, in Livingston, even in here in Malaga. We've seen a grace upon the community and for our interaction and uh, if you've been involved with any of the community initiatives be it week of honor or, or be it the um, uh, the elfin brook we just had or if it's the uh, bellagera um community christmas carols event for any one of our community initiatives thank you so very much thank you for giving toward that be it in the faith offering or separately, we exhausted the amount of students that we could give to with DCP at Christmas time. Dream Builders, I had Ursula Dixon and Sue Thompson. Is Sue here today? Tell me uh, how much uh, the Grace Life community has blessed another church's ministry. And I understand we took musos, we took volunteers as well on Christmas morning. We've seen doors open. Thank you, church, for letting the light of Jesus shine. Thank you. We saw three leadership transitions, senior uh, leadership transitions happen in three campuses. Malaga survived when Scott and Stella left. Just when I stepped in, survived. We're still alive and kicking, folks. We've seen Ellenbrook go from strength to strength. How many people can appreciate Scott and Stella Jones? Yeah, you're amazing. We also saw a a transition over in Livingston with Pastor Alex Matunda taking over from Pastor Patrick Humberstone, who's done an absolutely phenomenal job. And for those that don't know, Pastor Alex is going to be flying him over for our conference at the beginning of April. He's going to be with us. Alex is going to be with us. I'm on the phone with him at least once or twice a week. God is doing a great job over there. They've got between 100 and 200 people coming on Sundays. A number of them new converts, but most importantly, they're active in their community. And we're able to send resource that God has blessed us with to be able to feed and assist and serve people on the other side of the world. How does God do that? Through you. Thank you. Um, can we just um, show a video of, uh, just, just before you do, Wes, the video of Pastor Alex. Now, give you some background here. Alex is the local church pastor in Livingston. He tried to run from the call of God on him. He was previously a pastor. Stuff happened in his life. He ran from God. God got a hold of him again. Uh, and uh, gave him a bit of a loving shake. Now he's in ministry again, doing an amazing job. And we're actually taking two teams, two teams to Livingston over in May, June. If you're interested, on reception, there, there's some information and an application form. If you would like to, it's going to cost probably two $2,000 to two and a half thousand dollars. If you would like to come for a two week trip, uh, please fill out that application form or send us an email at missions at gracelife.com.au. So, um, Alex is giving an update and he had a dream at about the moment that he was commissioned to take over the leadership of the church last year. And God gave him a dream about a farm. Now, there is a lot of poverty in that city and that region, a lot of poverty. And so we believe that God has called us to plant there, to not just plant a church for church Christians' sake. It's to make a difference in the city and serve the greater church bringing and enhancing unity wherever we can we bring something different not better but different to the city we're there to serve the city and Alex had a dream about a farm can we hear about that please thanks Wes uh,
1: Grace Life Perth uh, this moment I just want to share with you a vision that I've had from the time that I was ordained uh, to run Grace Life Livingstone you know this is a church with now over hundred members the challenge that has been there is that most of them are not in employment or business and so i've been thinking on how we can transform their lives through the gospel but also the practical way which the church can can reach out to the enriched people and give them a meaning in life and through this this only god gave me a vision and i've been looking at running a church farm um, and, and uh, of which we can raise funds to create uh, other uh, ventures that we can use to raise funds for the church from this farm, we have done a bit of saving already and we are about to pay and get the farm. And we hope that we keep the animals and we, we do the vegetables. And from there, we start creating, building the multi-purpose a building conference. You know, we are in a tourist town and we do realize that there's no big conference room that people use when there are conferences here. So we hope that as a church, we'll be able to have a conference, a multi purpose conference center, which we use for church services and things like that, and also run things like a lodge and also schools and just other adventures that we are going to use in order to reach out to the and reach the, Remember, our vision is to reach, raise, and the release. So we want to be practical as the church in all these things. And so we thank God that even as it is said that where there's vision, there's provision. We have already seen this, and we are able to save. And right now, by the time I'll be coming to Perth, I'll be able to tell you that we have a church farm. So God bless you. Thank you so much, and I look forward to coming to Perth. Uh, Grace, I... Okay,
0: that's wonderful. So um, he's speaking. he's speaking on the borderline of reality and in faith. That's what he's doing. But I tell you what, this guy, um, he's a go-getter. And it's amazing what God has done through his leading with Pastor Alex and the local leadership team there. We didn't know how how quickly things would move. But he only shared that dream with me not that long ago. And he says, Pastor, if we could just save just a little bit every single week just a little bit. And we aren't giving them too much to support the church there, which is just a little bit, just a little bit. We could save up for a deposit. And I said, why do you want a deposit? Tell me about this. And he starts sharing about this dream, about having a farm and employment and feeding people and so forth. I said, gee, I love your vision, mate. Yeah, this from God. If this is from God, let's go with it. I haven't increased any of the giving. We as a team haven't increased for for this purpose at all. But little did I know that They've accrued, 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 accrued. And he's like, we're ready to go. He showed me a video of some owners out on the field showing them. And they're actually in, in in strong negotiation about finalizing all of that at the moment. So God is doing a good job. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Thank you for those of you that are emailing or Facebooking him and just just being there for him. It makes a massive difference for our family over in Zambia, knowing that that, that they've got spiritual relatives over in Australia. It's a massive Um, boost for them. So thank you for all of you who are involved with that. Again, if you'd like to come to Africa, you're very welcome. Can't promise that you'd make it because we have limited numbers on our teams. But Pastor Tom, Tom, where are you? Tom Locker. Tom, look at that. Stand up, Tom. You can also go and see Tom. Tom's taking a team. I'm taking a team over in uh, May and June. Tom's taking the second team. I'm taking the first team. If you want to have a good time, go with Tom Locker. Uh, If you want to have a great time... (laughs) But seriously, great time, good time. And uh, also shout out to Pam, who's currently over in Japan. She's still there. When does Pam come back, Tom? Thursday. She's on reconnaissance over there, and um, working with some missionaries over in Japan. And the missions team's doing a phenomenal job there. So this year, uh, as you've seen, some things are happening over in Zambia. I need to just let you know. This is what we flagged with an eldership, our eldership here. We believe God's given us. We've said for a while that we believe we're a church planting community. We believe in planting churches. And there have been a few occasions now where God has given us a bit of a blueprint of where next to go. He's just flagged it with us. What do we do about that? Well, nothing yet. We're just waiting. And we wait. That's how we work. We're available. And whatever God says, okay, well, let's go in that direction. But I wonder if, I don't know if it's this year or or when, God's going to give us a directive of what to do and when to do it. I don't know. I've got nothing. There's nothing I'm hiding from you. All that I'm telling you is that God has been clear. We had even Pete Christensen, and he prophesied, confirmed one of those locations about where ministry was going to strengthen here in the city. So we're just waiting to see what God will do on that. um, Just concerning Pete, uh, we've got Pete and Christine Christensen coming out for our conference at the beginning of April. That's going to be a phenomenal conference. Pete and Christine are very strong in the prophetic. They've been very accurate and also critical in terms of helping us hear what God is saying and often confirming what we sense God might be saying. So I want, if you can, mark that in your diary. It's a Friday night and all day Saturday. It's about 40 bucks, I think. It comes with a morning tea and a lunch. We'll have uh, flyers out for you next Sunday. But it's Friday night, all day Saturday. It's, it's during the school term, isn't it? It's during the school term. It's not during the school holidays. Can someone, it's a week before Easter, so it's during the school term. Brilliant. Friday night, all day Saturday. Make sure you lock that in your diary. Our fasting and prayer is actually, we're moving it forward as well. Our 21 days of fasting and prayer in the lead up to our conference. So that's going to be starting on Saturday, March 14, going through to the March the 3rd. uh, Sorry, April the 3rd. And then we're going to head straight into the conference. Okay. Now, if you've got your swords, please pull it out. Pull those swords out. And let's open up to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. This is a passage that I sense God is saying to us in this season. Last year, we sensed that God was doing a new thing. Remember that from Isaiah. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And we've really seen something shift and, 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 and change in the spirit. Even with, when we had Pastor Subi and Jono over for our conference in April, there was something that took place. Now, for us in particular, in this season, actually next Sunday, we're starting a, um, a series called Restore the Awe. It's all about the fear of the Lord. And that's one of the things we think that God is speaking to us about. In fact, I think God is going to be saying something globally to His church about bringing back the fear of the Lord, a healthy fear of the Lord. This is a conversation we can read about today that speaks to that. Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died... I'm going to read the whole chapter, by the way, so get yourselves comfortable. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, He covered His face. With two, He covered His feet. With two, He flew. One called to another and said, Holy, Holy... Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of Him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched My mouth. And he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Verse 8 And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy. And blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, the land is a desolate waste and the Lord removes people far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land and though a tenth remain in it, It'll be burned again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Can we just pray for a moment about that? Father, would you speak by your Spirit straight from your heart to ours? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of us like the first half of that chapter, but the second half is a bit, mm, I don't know if I like it. The first half we can see very clearly there is a revelation of the holiness of God. God, That is God as He is. Now, uh, there is a pattern here that we can pick up and you'll see this throughout Scripture. There is a revelation of God's sovereignty. There is then a realization of our depravity. There is a repentance in humility And then there tends to then be a reformation or even a revolution of humanity. We can see it even in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus first calls the disciples and Peter's there on the boat. Remember the story, he says, cast out your nets. I wonder how we've been doing this all night, but not at, at your word, I guess I'll do it. Brings in this massive load of fish. Huge. Too much for them. What does Peter do? Oh, I am a sinner. There is a revelation of Jesus' sovereignty, a realization of his depravity. He has a repentance and humility, but at that point he leaves everything and he follows Jesus, leading to a reformation of the society, or revolution of humanity. That's what it led to. And so we see this pattern here of this guy, Isaiah, the first time we can see him talking here in the book of Isaiah. And he's not just another guy. This is a crazy kind of dude. If you flick a few chapters later, this is the kind of dude that was so committed to serving God that you read in, in Isaiah chapter 20, he, he took his clothes off and his shoes off. And for a few years, he's wearing nothing. You don't believe me? Let's see if I'm telling you the truth. I hope it's in Isaiah 20. Let's have a look. You're looking at me like, no, nah, that's not in the Bible. That's not biblical. <laughs> they weren't budgie smugglers. There was nothing on. He was wearing nothing. At that time, here it is, verse 2. At that time, the Lord spoke by Isaiah, the son of Amos, saying, go and loose the sackcloth from your waist and take off your sandals from your feet. And he did so walking naked, naked and barefoot Goodness, he's one. He's a gangster. Then the Lord said, as my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years, three years, three years, as a a sign and a portent against Egypt and Cush, or that could be Egypt and Ethiopia. I mean, at the end of the day, he was committed. Now that's commitment. Please keep your clothes on if you're going to be preaching around this place, okay? Just just do us all a favor. And so Isaiah, he has a great heart for God, but what's so important here, we can read in verse 1, it's 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 this, and we can pick up on this, what we see matters, verse 1 says this, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple with glory, I saw the Lord, he says, I saw the Lord, why, what What we see matters. What are you looking at? Who are you looking to? Put down the horoscopes. Put down the Facebook. Look to Jesus. And as we get a revelation, I see the Lord in a pigeonhole in the corner of the room. No, I saw the Lord. He was seated on a throne high and lifted up. I really believe this. God is calling for us to see Him for who He really is. Oh Lord, that you would jump off the pages of this book and that your Spirit would show us your reality. That we wouldn't be playing church. We wouldn't be playing religious activities and not knowing who you are. He's calling us back for a fresh revelation. But if you want us, if you want to live a small life, have a small vision of God. If you want to live a big life, get a bigger vision, a fresher vision, a fresh reality. Freshness, freshness. I love fresh milk. I love a little bit of Milo. Sometimes I put five heaped teaspoons, teaspoons, let's just say teaspoon. Don't judge me. Get to your bit in the few. with a coal will come on. <laughs> I tell you one thing I have a phobia about. I need a volunteer. Tristan, you're looking willing. Would you stand up, please? Or, no, don't worry, I'm not going to pour it. I just want you to smell it and tell me how fresh that is. That's disgusting. Have you ever tasted sour milk before? <laughs> it's disgusting. Did you, Some of you didn't see his face when that milk was whiffed in. We can be like this. We can be like sour milk, sour Christians. And our fragrance is pungent to others. The aroma, I'm going to leave it up here. The aroma puts people off. Oh Lord, give me some freshness. Give me some freshness, Lord. Maybe you've come this morning and you're feeling stale. Maybe you once did see the Lord and you've forgotten the beauty, the perfection, the majesty. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you again. Let a freshness come. Perhaps you once lived on fresh bread, but now it's stale. It's yesterday's bread. Lord, you're my daily bread, my fresh bread. You're my manna. I need you every single day. And so we see his perspective shifts. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one called to another saying, holy, holy, holy. Wow, that's some scene. This is going to be the choir in heaven. Read about it in Revelation. They're going to be saying and chanting, proclaiming holy. The seraphim, yeah, that means flaming or burned ones. These angels, there was something about them. They're on fire and they got to serve the holy God. They were not saying love, love, love. Though God is loving. They were not saying, peace, peace, peace. But God is peaceful. They were not saying, grace, grace, grace. But God is gracious. They were saying, holy. And never in the scriptures do we see an attribute of God elevated to the third degree like we do holy. Holy, holy, holy. This is an elevation of importance. And this is the number one attribute that God wants us to catch from Him. He is holy. His ways and His thoughts are far above ours. He's not like you. In a sense, we are created in His image. But oh Lord, I don't want to create you in my image. You be you. You're holy. You are morally incorruptible. You are morally pure. Your separateness is phenomenal, above the created order. He was so far above, even the seraphim. He's holy. Stop trying to put him in a box. Get the right perspective. Get the right perspective of the holiness of God, the holiness of God. How do you do it? Only God can reveal God. You can't conjure this revelation up yourself. Spend time. Say, God, reveal the holiness of God to me. Instill a healthy fear in me, the fear of the Lord. What an important thing that is. Oh, Jesus, he's my homeboy. Is he your friend? Yes. Did he die for you 100%? When we see in the Scriptures, he's high and lifted up. Let's not get too familiar with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Jesus, it says in Mark's account, he couldn't do mighty miracles in his own hometown. Why? Because of familiarity. Why? Because familiarity breeds contempt. And Jesus would choose to withhold miracles because of familiarity. And before we get upset with the people in Jesus' hometown, because he's just the carpenter's boy, right? Hang on, we know him. We grew up with... Jesus. He's just the carpenter's boy. We know him. We know his sisters. We know his family. We, 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 we know. Isn't Mary his mother? We, we know. It's just, it's just the carpenter's son. And that familiarity breeds contempt. And many mighty miracles don't happen. But for us, I wonder if Jesus walks around in our services. It's just Jesus we do this we do this every sunday it's just jesus he's holy he's holy it's time to restore the awe holy spirit we need you do something deep within if you're unhappy with how you live get a fresher more truer vision of god Ask God for a right and a fresh revelation. How we respond matters. Verse 5 says this, And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. I love the grace of God right there. What did he do? Nothing other than own up. How we respond to a revelation of God is critical. Woe is me. I'm done. God is so good. But I'm, I'm unclean. Oh, my goodness. And I, I, I'm not just unclean. I've got unclean lips and I dwell in the land with, with people with unclean lips. There was an ownership. Ownership. Take responsibility for a deep transformation of your heart. Take responsibility. When you are face to face with God the Almighty and He shows up, our natural response is, wow, you are so good, but oh, what can I do with me? I've got to own up. You know what? There's stuff in me. And receive the grace. Receive the forgiveness. That was won for you on a cross. Sarah from Cain hot coals to purify lips a singeing a burning perhaps have you ever been burned before have you ever been burned oh man alive I got burned pretty bad this week I took my three daughters out camping and I was so strong on them wearing sunscreen that uh, hypocritical father didn't put sunscreen on himself I couldn't sleep properly for the next two nights following I'm peeling man. Brought back memories of when I was a kid. Getting burnt. My mum, now I'm, I come from an Anglo-Indian family. <laughs> my mum would say, my son, have you been in the sun again? You're looking black. <laughs> Every time. My son, get out of the sun. You're looking black, my son. Yes, mum. So I'm there in the sun, going, oh man, mom, this, this brings me, now I'm an old man. I'm struggling. It's all relative. Being face to face with the Almighty, it does something on the inside. It has to. How do you change? You can try and modify your behavior. You can manage your behavior. But unless there's a heart transformation, you're going you're to fall back. You're going to fall back. That's just how it works. God always does heart transformation before prioritizing any behavior modification. That's just the reality. How do my kids grow and become more like me? I walk with them, hand in hand, and I talk with them. I spend time with them, face to face. And little before I know it, they start talking the same as me. They have the same, the same pronunciations of words is the same as me. They start swearing just like me. No, that's not, I'll take that off the podcast. I was just joking. I'm an unclean man, unclean lips. And that, that's what happens in our walk with God. To become more and more like Him, we spend time in His presence, face to face, enjoying Him, seeing Him, savoring Him. So here's a call. Prioritize time in His presence. One thing when I was praying the last couple of weeks, I had to write this down. I felt to say this: some of you here today, you have a deep burning desire to be the firebrand that you see on your phones or your Facebook's feeds or your YouTubes. And I feel to say to you, you've, you're being called out as a firebrand. I'm here to call out the firebrands today. You have got to make a, a conscious decision to say yes to God and no to the world. Don't sit on the fence. Some of you are here and you're backsliding and you're living that way. And you're loving it. You're lukewarm. You're on the fence. You're like, oh, no, it's fine. I'll come back later in life. But you don't know that. You don't know that as you continue to walk with the world and sin taints you, it begins to sear your heart and your desires shift. Don't take for granted that that desire you have now, that the, the Spirit of God is doing work in you right now. Don't assume it's always going to be the same. You're being called out today to live a life with a healthy fear of God. A healthy fear of God is not being scared of God. It's having an incredible awe of God. Fear of God. Aren't we taught to not fear? No, a healthy fear. Oh, you're holy. Oh, that whoa factor. The whoa. When my firstborn grace came into the world, I was like, whoa. Whoa. What is this beautiful child? It changed everything. When we took her home the next day, I tell you what, I had the safest baby capsule and I was protecting that capsule, putting in the car, I was probably driving out of the car park all the way home at about seven kilometers an hour because I didn't want anything to happen. Something had changed on the inside because I had a revelation of an incredible life. Wow changed my perspective. And I've had to respond on a daily, weekly, monthly basis as a father to the precious gift that I have. Will you respond? Or will you stay unchanged? If you love seeing people on fire for God, why don't you just be that person? You could be the one that looks in the mirror, and that sets others alight. Final point. First one, what we see matters. Second thing, how we respond matters. Third thing, whether we go matters. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people. Now, what's interesting with this passage here is now that's not a, that that's not an easy message, but what the Lord is telling Isaiah is, Hey, look, I'm holy. There are things about me you just don't know. You know bits of me, but you don't know me entirely because I'm different. I am sending you on a mission. But do you know, before he actually told Isaiah what to do, before he gave Isaiah the blueprint of what to do, he said, who will go? And Isaiah said, send me. Pick me, pick me, pick me. You seen Shrek and the donkey? Oh, 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 pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me, 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 me. Oh, 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 Shrek, me. Before Isaiah even knew what he had to do, there was a willingness to obey because it didn't matter. He got to serve. Don't put God in a box and say, I will serve you if it ticks ticks the boxes of my criterion. Whatever it is. Send him, he will go. Send her, she can go, to my neighbor, in my uni, and in the places of my world. And we pray for God to send someone else to speak life on a great commission he's given to us. There's got to be a willingness for the Great Commission. So we see that there was a revelation of who God was. There was a realisation of Isaiah, where he was at. But for the Reformation to happen, the willingness to obey was there. And I wonder, if we struggle... If our struggle with the go is because we just haven't had the woe. We know we should. We know it's the right thing to do to go and to bring the gospel. Our feet have got to be ready. We see with our eyes. We feel with our heart and changed internally. And God sends us with effort. We know that's the right thing to do. But what happens is we lack the vision. But it's the vision that propels the mission. So if you want to know what your mission is, talk to Him. Let Him show you. Let Him reveal to you. Let Him empower you. Let Him change you. Let Him transform you and let Him propel you. And know this, you're not going by yourself. He sends you His Spirit. He sends you His Holy Spirit. Don't leave home without Him. Don't leave home without the Holy Spirit. And whatever He tells you to do, do it. I wonder if God's up there saying, Kids, kids, you're praying for the salvation of your family members. But I've called you. I've appointed you. I wonder if dad's up there going, kids, get off your blessed assurance and just go. Don't just stand there. Do something. We heard a testimony from Tom Locker last week. and I know he shared in Ellenbrook recently as well. Tom about a guy who refused Jesus for how many decades? Two, three decades? 18 years. couple of decades there. Refused. Hostile to God. He's on death's bed. Tom goes and sees him. He's close to death. Oh, I don't want to hear any of that God stuff. Leave me alone. Tom laid it on the line. What happened was... He miraculously gets saved at the last hour. His final words we heard recounted was, I am happy and I am safe. As he passes on into eternity. Hmm. I wonder I wonder how many of those people are just as hostile as they are to you or have been to you or to the gospel. They're just, they're just waiting. They're just waiting for you just to share in whichever blueprint or strategy that God gives you. See, here's the thing here. When we finish this conversation about Isaiah, what's God saying to Isaiah? I want you to go and I want you to preach this message. There will be a remnant that remains. But he goes, for how long? He continues, for how long will I preach this message? How long? He says, well, until there's no one left, which means you just keep going and you don't stop. You preach and you preach and you preach the good news. You preach, you preach, you preach what I tell you. So our assignment is ongoing. Folks, I believe this wholeheartedly. God is moving us into a season where we are, wow, God, you're incredible, but whoa, I can't keep that to myself. I gotta get going. You're with me. How can I contain this? I gotta share it, I gotta give it. Can't just leave it up to the people with the microphone to do the soul winning. I really do feel, you already spoke into this, Pastor Scott, about an awakening. I had that in my notes. To prophesy an awakening. I declare into the atmosphere that there is an awakening coming in your lives. There is an awakening, a spiritual awakening of the revelation of the holiness of God. I speak that over you, church. I prophesy that over you. And there is a breakthrough coming. A breakthrough coming. A breakthrough. A breakthrough. Do you know what else we felt in prayer just this last week? I saw this picture. And I felt that I felt that, that God was going to loosen the purse strings of provision. I saw it, a loosening of the purse strings of provision. We normally think that it's just about finances, but it's not just about finances. There is every spiritual blessing that is going to be loosened because we are ready to receive. Don't ask for things you're not ready to receive. We have a father who doesn't want to spoil us. He says, if you're faithful in the small things, I can entrust you with the greater things. As you grow, I can continue to give. He is going to loosen the purse strings of resources. He is going to loosen something over your life. And there is a breakthrough coming. There is a breakthrough coming. And what does he call for us to do? He calls for us to do what Isaiah did. Just say, hey, whoa, I need you, God. And receive. That's all Isaiah. He just received the cleansing. receive the forgiveness. receive the grace. That propelled his mission. So I'm calling for our church into a fresh baptism. A baptism of love and a baptism of the Spirit. A freshness. Can I have the team up please? We need Holy Spirit. You know that, don't you? We can't do it without Him. It doesn't matter how smart you are, don't let your brains get in the way of what God wants to do. What He wants to do is far bigger than what you can conjure up yourself, what we can do ourselves. There is a wave coming, my friends. I'm telling you, there's a wave coming. We're in the last days. Things are happening all over the world. Let's not be asleep in this hour. Watch. And pray, lest you enter into temptation. We're going to pray for two groups of people this morning. And the first group of people is, if you're here and you're feeling like, Josh, I need that in my life. I need it in my life. In a moment, I'm going to ask you just to stand up where you're at. And our pastors and our intercessor are going to come around and just lay hands on people where you are. After that, we're going to call our young people. If you're, if you're under the age of 18, we want to pray over you. Yeah, I really believe that, um, that we're seeing an awakening. It's going to happen in the young people. Good. You know what? I, I, have this, I have this deep passion and desire that our children will be prophesying and laying hands on the sick to see them recover. I, you know, they have a faith. They have something in them that is simple. That it's just simple and beautiful. It's not complicated like us. He's going to turn our children's rooms into healing rooms. It's going to happen in Jesus' name. We've got to pray. We've got to pray that God does what He wants to do. And we've got to take responsibility. And what can I do to impart into our young people? Parents, there is a mandate on us to teach them the ways of God and the power of God. Not just the teachings of God, but the power of God. And we can't abdicate this responsibility. It's important.